Thank you, choir, international choir from uh, all over uh, the representing nations all over the world uh, for reminding us and leading us to just enjoy, enjoy the goodness of God. Uh, my name is Drew Smith. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here. Welcome you, those that are here with us uh, personally and those that are with us online. Um, uh, we're uh, glad to participate in this uh, service and at this uh, our last Sunday, of, as, as Nikki mentioned, a, a service of really walking through what it means to abide in Christ, to dwell in Him through all the different seasons of life, uh, whether, it's, uh, whether it's seasons of pruning, seasons of pain, or seasons of things that are, when, when times are barren, when they're silent, you know, when you don't know what, what's going on, or, or whether it's seasons of growth, or even as we'll look at today, seasons of fruit, where we have fruitfulness. Uh, but uh, I did uh, ask uh, Bart Sauer to come and, and share just with us, what's a way that you've experienced dwelling in Christ as we've been walking through this season, um, and just share some, an example from real life. Because this isn't just something to sing about. It's not just something to to, to think about. But it's something to live. And um, and just, just a simple way that uh, Bart has experienced that. Thanks for sharing with us, Bart. Well, good morning. How do you how do you feel, or how do you respond when people ask you, "How are you? How's it going? Do you normally respond, great, fine?" Pretty good. Well, we all have challenges in life, don't we? For me, mine include striving to be a leader for my family, helping to care for my mother who has dementia, providing oversight for the care of my sister who struggles with mental illness while continuing to work full time. Can I do this on my own strength? No. I try. And have some success, but I lose energy and become overwhelmed. The solution, the advice of Jesus, abide in me and I in you. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Nothing of value anyway. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To abide, I need to start each day with a quiet time to listen to what the Lord may be saying to me and pray for the day ahead and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit for strength and guidance. To abide, I need to pray and I need to read the Bible daily. I also suggest these ideas for abiding in the vine. Participate in a growth group for Bible study, sharing, and support. For those married, consider praying together each day, we do at night, giving thanks to God for his many blessings, praying for others and for us, praying his spirit to fill you, requesting blessing and protection for for your loved ones. And seek counsel and prayer from other believers. 
A couple of weeks ago, we had a prayer and healing service that I sought out. And what I received in that prayer time from a couple very wise ladies in this church was a huge blessing of that wise counsel in hearing prayer for me. Praise be to God. He does bless us. And I am greatly blessed. So I can respond to the question, how is it going, and include both joy and thanksgiving. Thanks, Bart. Just, uh, again, simple illustration of the realities of life and the seasons that we're in of pain, barrenness, growing, or fruit. Uh, Now, this Sunday, uh, we get to look particularly at how do we abide in Christ when we're bearing fruit, Uh, when when the fruit is upon us, you know, when things are going well. And and I had an illustration of that this week. Um, uh, I was, uh, God put me in a place, this was uh, uh, to really experience fruitfulness. My oldest daughter and her son, they moved to California. And so we said, that's where we're going to go for Thanksgiving. So the whole family, we went out there in Southern California. And there, um, uh, we got an Airbnb. And I'm on East Coast time. My body is. And uh, uh, there, and so I'm up early. And I go out, back patio, prepare for the sermon. And do some reading and some other things. What Bart was saying, just to um, spend some time with the Lord. And there, as I looked up. Right before me was an illustration of fruitfulness. I think I even took a picture of that tree. Right outside. Now there's a a pool next to me, so don't feel too bad for me. And you can see blue skies. And uh, I was in short sleeve shirt even. And if you get closer to the tree and inspect it from below, you'll see that it's quite fruitful. A grapefruit tree. So I quickly, when Clara woke up, my middle child said, hey, Clara, call the people, because she was in charge of the Airbnb, call the people, can we pick the fruit? And the text back, music to my ears, enjoy the fruit. So I jumped up in the tree, grabbed a couple, we had some for breakfast, I had one for breakfast even this morning. Grapefruit is a favorite fruit of mine, and nothing like picking it on the tree, cutting it up, enjoying it for everyone. Everybody, don't tell them, but they're going to get grapefruit knives for Christmas. It's going to be in their stocking. But that, that got to experience the, the fruit right there in front of me. And so how do we experience the fruit of God, of a good God, and continue to dwell in Him? Now you might say, well, that's the easy time, right? When, I mean, you just think you're out there eating the fruit. Isn't that the easy time to give thanks to God? I've found not the case. I, you read in the Bible, you, you read the story of Israel. Well, well, Israel, it seemed like more often than not, when they were in a time of peace and prosperity, is when they tended to drift away. You know, you, you see the fruit there. It's really easy to get focused on the fruit and distracted from the master gardener who's tending the fruit, 
the one who's prepared it and who's sustaining it. And and because I find in seasons of pain, I am on my knees. Crying out to God, help me, help me, Lord. I, I, I don't have no way to get out. In seasons when the things are barren and silent, I'm, I'm pensive and I'm listening. All right, Lord, what, what are you trying to tell me during this time? Even when things are growing and you see the buds coming, then there's anxiety that makes me say, I don't want to do something to cause the buds trouble. I don't want, I, I, I'm feeling the anticipation, Lord. I, I know the fruit's coming. Bring it on. But when the fruit comes is when I can get so focused on the fruit and enjoying it that I forget the one who provided it. I forget the master gardener. So important for us to know how do we dwell in the Lord? How do we stay? How do we abide in him? How do we stay intimately connected to Jesus in the times of the fruit? And that will be our focus today. And that's what we'll look at here in uh, in Jesus' words and the guidance that he gives us uh, about how to dwell in him in times that are uh, filled with fruit. Or, my word of the day, times of fecundity. How do you like that? That's a $10 word right there. Fecundity. That, that's seasons of fruitfulness. How do we abide in him? Now, it may be you're not in a season right now of fruitfulness. But if you're dwelling in Christ, you will be. I mean, it's his promise. You will be. And maybe this is just the right timing for you to have a service, to have a particular passage to look at. How do I dwell in Christ in times of fruitfulness? Um, John 15, and I extended a little bit from what we've been reading the last three weeks all the way through verse 16. But let's let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your written word that speaks to us of your truth. Now help us to receive it and to hear it and apply it in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. John 15, starting with verse 1. Jesus' words. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can it can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. That you love one another. As I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. 
if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so the first thing that I want us to, to see here is that, that, that Jesus is telling us, in this times of fruitfulness, to, to grow the fruit of joy, abide in Jesus' joy. Verse 11, my joy is in you so that your joy may be full. Just when I looked and saw the tree that first morning and then looked underneath and saw all the grape, there was joy. It was like, oh, this is good stuff. And all of that joy that comes our way finds its origin in Jesus. The, the, even the creator of that grapefruit. Everything that you had for breakfast this morning finds its origin ultimately in God, the creator. This joy, this this season of this element of, of joy, of pleasure, celebration, this emotion of enjoying, whatever it is that we're enjoying ultimately finds its origin in God. When you think about God, do you think about God being joyful? Do you think about, about how uh, that that may be one of the very characteristics of God? It's not one that normally people attribute to God, being joyful. As a matter of fact, we, we tend to think of God more often in our brokenness as a killjoy instead of one being joyful. You have that in your the back of your mind, you know, well, I'm having such a good time, I must be doing something wrong. You know, well, the things I want to do are the very things God doesn't want me to do. Do you have that planted back in your, maybe you don't, uh, but that that's within me regularly. Well, if I'm having such a good time, maybe I'm off base. I love this quote from, from John Piper. It says, God is not a killjoy, he just opposes what kills joy. Zechariah 3, 14 through 18 is a great, great passage. I think we've got it on the the screen. These are now there's eight words in these four verses in Hebrew that all have the connotation of joy. And and they're spoken to us to have this joy with God. And they're spoken about God, particularly in verse 17. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He's cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. 
I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you'll no longer suffer reproach. Do you ever think about God? You know, we sing to God. Do you think about God when we gather? He's singing over us. That he has joy as he considers us. He's not a kill joy. He's the one that kills everything that opposes joy. So that we might bear the fruit of joy in our lives. Look at Isaiah 62.5 and Isaiah 65.18. I think we have those also. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I was a groom. And I still love my bride. And I remember that day. And you're telling me God has that kind of joy over me? God has that kind of joy over you? He is the origin of all of our joy. Go go to the the next Isaiah uh, passage. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. Yeah, that's us today. We're we're the Jerusalem. We're now the temple of God. We are the people where the spirit lives. And we are to be that place of joy and gladness. Because that's what emanates from God. When we dwell in God, we have his joy. Abide in Jesus' joy. The first thing we have to recognize is, oh yeah, this is who God is. He is filled with joy. And he sings over us. As, as Bart was, was sharing, as we gather together, when we gather in worship, when we gather in song, when we sing that God is good, it, it is so that we indeed are feeling that in our very soul. And in every place that we have joy, points us, is to point us to Jesus. His creation, our fellowship with one another, We celebrate the good gifts from God. Realize this perfect Sunday to have after Thanksgiving. Because we all sat around, most of us did, some place in time. And we said, all right, everybody share something you're thankful for this year. I mean, we, we did it and a lot of folks do that regularly. And it's a good thing to do to remind us of all the many things are so easy to take for granted. Uh, that, that we need to celebrate and enjoy. So when you are experiencing joy, take note of it. Take note of it. Rem, re, remind, this is joy. This is a gift from God. This is the very essence, the very reality of the presence of God in my life when we experience that joy. Now, the second, the, the second thing that um, Jesus tells us in this passage, we want to, to grow the fruit of love. And in doing so, we abide in Jesus' love. To, to grow the fruit of love, we abide in Jesus' love. 
It says that in verse 9, says it um, uh, later in verse 12 and 13 as well. But we are abiding in Jesus' love. Now, here's another one to think of, another question about God, about the character of Jesus. When you, when God thinks, now I've asked this before, but it always works because of just how we, we need help in our understanding of God's joy, of God's love. When God thinks about you right now, what does he think? God's thinking about you right now. What's the first thing that comes to his mind? Now, for, for me, I mean, even though I'm the one asking the question, I, I know this is, um, that this is coming. But for me, when I ask that question, it's usually a word of correction. That God's pointing out something that was wrong. You know, something, and, and it's kind, it's loving, but usually it's something wrong. That, that he points out. And I propose to you, given what we've just read in Isaiah and Zechariah, I propose to you that that's wrong. That I'm wrong when that's the first thought that I think God has of me. I, I think it's affection. I, I think he looks at me and he looks at you like I looked at that grapefruit in Indio, California. Oh, wow, isn't that beautiful? How I enjoy that. Can't wait to share it with others. I think that's Jesus' first thought of you. Like a newborn baby. Just unhindered affection. Jesus says us to abide in that love. Abide in his love. I mean, this, you know, again, back to Thanksgiving, you know, so when we got together, each, each one of us, great, each one of us made our favorite dish or two. You know, so, um, you know, Tim made the, the, the turkey, Nate made the potatoes, uh, Anna made the sweet potatoes, um, Clara made the deviled eggs, you know, we each brought, uh, an, uh, uh, the uh, each brought our signature dish. Um, uh, Kathy and I, we we did the cranberry cranberry sauce because I like the fresh stuff, you know, nothing out of a can. And uh, we we made um, those and we brought our signature dish, you know, to the plate, to the table, and, and enjoyed that for days. Jesus' signature dish, the one that he does the best. Is love. He knows how to give to us. Exactly what we need. What is perfect for us. Even to his demise. That's love. That's Christian love. He shows it to us. He shows it to us in how he he lived with, with Judas. How he loved Judas. The one who betrayed him. He shows it to us in how he loved Peter, the one who denied him. Shows it to us in how he went to the cross for us. It was joy, you know, that led him to the cross. Hebrews 12.2 tells us that. The writer of Hebrews tells us that for the joy set before him, Jesus went to the cross. 
So he, he is filled with love. He is filled with joy. I mean, the greatest commandments that he gives us. He was at. What's the greatest commandment? What are they about? Love. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, it is what oozes out of Jesus. What, what Nikki was, was sharing earlier um, about the abide uh, exercises we've been through. In uh, in the third one, uh, the the writer talks to us about Ephesians three, where, where Paul is praying, God, will you help your people? Give them the capacity, give them the ability, give them the the your very power to expand their minds and hearts, so that they will know just how high and wide and deep and long is your love for us. That, that was Paul's prayer for the church. That's Paul's prayer for us. That's what Jesus is telling us now. We need our imaginations expanded to fully grasp the reality that God has this joy and love for you and for me and for his creation. I mean, right now, right now, many of you are struggling with that. It's just hard. Man, God, give, let me know just how much. Just help me to know that unknowable love of Jesus. Help me to be filled with the fullness of God. This abounding, overflowing love. That, that, when we see that love, when we experience that in our own lives. Have you ever surprised yourself by being kind? You know, have you ever surprised yourself by being humble? By being loving? You have, yeah, well, you, you do that. You'll, you'll, you, even when we're with family, there's, there's times when I'll say, wow, I, I was, I was kind to my child. I really listened to them. It helped that I had a listening class a few weeks ago. And, and anytime you're surprised by love, man, no, realize that's because that emanates from Jesus. That's, that's from Jesus abiding in you. His love. That's a fruit of Jesus in you. Let that point Back to Him. Joy and love that you experience, that you see, uh, let that point you back to Jesus. Now, He's given us a great, a great, in a, in a sense, petri dish for love to grow. And that's with one another. Uh, that's uh, in ver- verse 12. He says, and this is my commandment for you to love one another. As brothers and sisters in Christ, love one another. You know, let the, the church be the people that God brings together because these are the people now that we get to, to practice that love for one another. I don't know where, uh, I've read this quote from D.A. Carson um, about loving God and loving one another. Uh, Bailey, can you, do you have that um, uh, quote about love? Pull that uh, up. To live above with those you love, undiluted glory. To live below with those you know, quite another story. I don't know, I don't know where he, he got it, but uh, yeah, that's that's the, the petri dish here of, of us in the church of loving one, abiding in Jesus' love, and in practicing that love even with one another. And when you see that, when you experience it, let that point you back to. Jesus. So Jesus says, abide in me and you will share in my joy. You will share in my love and my friendship. That just, that's another hard one to really 
get my head and my arms around that we're Jesus' friends? No, no, this is God. You're high and lifted up. Holy, not, not your friends, but Jesus says, no, you are my friends. I no longer call you servants. You are friends if you abide in Jesus' love. You are now his friends. Now, th- th- this is something that as we abide in, in Jesus, we become his, his friends, meaning we're now in the know. He says, servants, they don't know why we're doing what we're doing, but you're now part of the team as, you're, as we abide in Jesus. Th- th- this is something that's developed. This is something that we learn as, as we grow and mature. We abide in Jesus. It's like Bart said, in a variety of ways of, of, of sharing Jesus with one another, of being in the word, being in prayer, and other off- of being in worship and other ways ways that we abide in Jesus as we're growing and maturing in him we become his friends we know we now become part of the planning team you know we're 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 part of the production team with the 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 producer who's telling the greatest story the world has ever known we're we're now in, in the coach's office we're part of making the game plan for the game I remember when my dad called me in as a young teenager. He, he, we were, he, he didn't go out too far on a limb. We were redecorating the garage. Now maybe that's what we got to redecorate. But we were putting a little room in there that was going to have, you know, my athletic gear and our bicycles and that kind of stuff. And he, he asked for my input. Wanted me to participate in what that, what that was. And I got invited into the, the team. Into the planning team. Into the coach's office. I mean, as Jesus' friends, we're part of the C-suite with God. That's, that's sort of crazy to think that that's, that's the fruit of our labor as we do, dwell in Christ. We abide in Jesus And we grow the fruits of eternity. Love, joy, and friendship with Jesus. That's why the fruits of the Spirit that Bart shared and that in Galatians 5, chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 22, the Apostle Paul tells us, here's the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the result of the, the Spirit being alive in you. And the first two things are there. They're first and second for a reason. Love and joy. So our, our, our charge from, from here, how to abide in Jesus when the fruit is bearing is to notice and enjoy the fruit wherever you see joy, wherever you experience it, wherever you see and experience love, whether it's you giving or receiving, know that that's a fruit of the Lord. And let that be pointing you back to the master gardener, back to him. I encourage you, I've mentioned this several times recently, but a habit of mine that I would encourage you is what I call preview and review. And a couple weeks ago, challenged you, remember, just take five minutes. Take five minutes every day. Doesn't have to be more than five minutes. And for, for some, that'll be a real stretch. For others, you've, you've developed a great habit and you go beyond five minutes. But in that five minutes, stop and review the previous 24 hours. Just review it and say, hey, 
where did I experience joy? Where did I experience love? And give God the credit. You review it and see it and give God the credit. And then preview the following day. Where, where's a particular situation, particular meeting, particular interaction, whatever it might be that you would ask God, right, help me bear the fruit of your love and joy. Help me to be your friend. Whatever the event might be at school, at work, at, at home, in the community, whatever it might be, just five minutes. Five minutes every day and, and do that through the end of the year. And then come January, we'll talk. What do we do from there? Just do that through the end of the year. Now, if you're around here, um, uh, right now, now, if you're if you're not a believer, you know, you're just here because it's Thanksgiving, you're here because Grandma asked you to come. Uh, I invite you to do the same thing. The Jesus you're not interested in, I just ask you to go read the Gospel of John five minutes a day and be sure the Jesus you're not interested in is the same Jesus of the Bible. Because there's a whole lot of Jesuses out there. And sometimes we in the church don't do a great job of bearing the fruit of Jesus either. So just take five minutes a day for the rest of the year and just yourself, just read through the Gospel of John. Just so that you, so that you're reject, you're sure you're rejecting the Jesus of the Bible and not some other, other Jesus. Now, that those that are um, uh, with uh, Jesus invite you to, you're trying to follow him, take these Five minutes. And again, it can be preview, review. It can be using the abide uh, exercises and things that we've done. Or you can do the same. Read through the, the Gospel of John. But five minutes every day to abide and dwell in Him. Whether seasons of pain, barrenness, growth, but particularly in seasons of fruitfulness, of fecundity. Be looking for the joy and the love. Because that's always the fruit of Jesus in your life or the life around you. Let's take 30 seconds in silence and then we'll pray. Almighty God, we do give you praise and thanks as we consider your joy and your love over your creation, over us. Indeed, help us to receive that. Help us to abide in that, to really be rooted in your love and joy. Help us to find our very sustenance, the the energy of life in your love and joy. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Your love and your joy, your, your provision and your creation and our fellowship with one another and our friendship with you. Continue to form us as a people uh, that we uh, indeed would continue to sing not just now but throughout this week that you are good.
And for each one of us, Lord, may your spirit guide and direct us, whatever our season of life might be. For those in times of pain, Lord, we lift up the Stifle family and the death of, of Chris Stifle this last week. Pray your peace upon them. For Bill Grimm's uh, family. For the uh, McKinney family and the death of, a grand, of uh, their grandmother. We pray for your, your peace to be upon them. For your love and joy to fill them. Uh, for those in the midst of, of great celebrations, of marriages, births, new jobs, graduations. You know, we, we pray as well that you would give us eyes to see and to hear your joy, your love, and your peace. Your provision, whatever our season of life. We pray, uh, Lord, for you to continue to make us your people that are a witness to the world of such joy and love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.